And if you would please turn with me to two openings this morning. Two passages of scripture, please. Psalm 110 and Isaiah 1. The 110th Psalm and the first chapter of Isaiah. Has the Lord done some good things for you since I saw you last? Amen. Amen. Put up your hand if that's so if God's done some good things for you. Answered prayers. You're in better shape now than you were. Amen. A lot of hands all over. He's so good to us. And you know, so much of the goodness is all of the things that didn't happen. (laughs) The bad things that didn't happen. So many of them that you'll never know of on this side. So many accidents that didn't happen. So many losses. So many close calls that you didn't even know was close because you weren't aware of it. But the Lord's always looking out for us. Amen. He keeps us absolutely as much as he can. Legally. And so the mo- that's true. And so the more you give yourself to him and the more you obey him, then the more he's able to keep you. Amen. I'll just go ahead and say this. You know, there's been a lot of questions about, well, you know, why did God allow these things to happen in our country? Why did God do this? The Lord has spared us, we don't even know how many times, in the last year. We we don't even know how many things he has spared us from. And even in the terrible uh, destruction in, in New York and in Washington and other things that have happened, even in that, the Lord spared us. We know of some things that it would have been a lot worse. Well, why, why was that allowed to happen? Here's one thing. God didn't do it. And it's not his will. It did not please him. Well, why, why didn't he prevent it? Why? There are legalities involved. And when for years you push God away. Did you hear me? You push God away in this area and push God away in that area and push God away in this other area. Here's the thing. You can't reject and refuse God's correction and want his direction. You got to make up your mind. Right? You know, your pastors have asked Phyllis and I to come uh, for the meeting this week. And we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for their friendship. And we, we've uh, had a relationship for years. Uh, but, you know, if, if he, he either wants me to come or he doesn't. And he does. And he's given, they've given me perfect freedom every time we've come. And they trust us and we trust them. Uh, he, he doesn't give me a, a long list of what, what to do or not to do. And I don't give him a long list of demands, what I need, this or that. We don't operate like that. We operate in faith. Uh, he, he wants me, I want him. Whatever comes with him. Whatever comes with me. Is that right? You can't say, well, Brother Keith, I want you, but I don't want you teaching. Huh? I want you to teach on blessing, but don't bring up any correction now. I want you to teach, tell me what I'm doing good and, and, and pat me on the back, but don't tell me anything I need to change. Hmm? Well, now you either want me or you don't. That's right. 
Right? But most importantly, you either want God or you don't. Right? If you want him, then you want him. All that he is. All that he has. But, but if you push him away and say, well, I, I don't want you. Uh, in my school. I don't want you in my house. I don't want you in my government. I don't want you, but I want you to protect me. You can only go that long, that way so far and it'll start costing you. Did you hear me? But I'm so glad that there's a nucleus in this country and it's rising and it's getting stronger and it's getting bigger. Amen. Of people that say, we want you. We want you, all of you, in all of us. Amen. We want you in everything. We, I want you in my kitchen. I want you in my garage. I want you with my dog. I want you in our little league ball game. I want you in my elementary school and my high school. I want you in my car. I want you on my motorcycle. I want you. I want you everywhere, and I want your, I want, not only want your, your love and your grace, I want your instruction, I want your correction. I want your reproof, I want your rebuke. And with that, you get the protection, the blessing, the help, the grace. The more you let him in, the more he's able to do. The more you push him out, the less he's able to do. He, he won't force himself on us, he won't make us receive. But how many want all that he has in all that you have? Amen. Won't you say that out loud? Lord, I want all of you, all that you are, all that you have in me, all that I am, all I have, all I do. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't intend to say that, but we did. I won't take it back. Psalm 110, are you there? In praying about these meetings, praying for you, and ministers, this is uh, ministers that are here and traveling ministers, pastors too that go out and speak in other places. That's a key in uh, getting direction, getting revelation for the people. Don't just pray for a good message. Pray for the people. Amen. Pray for the people. Who are you going to be ministering to? God cares about them. And he, he's interested in what they need right now. And when you get on that channel, then you're on the good message channel. You're in the good message flow. Right? You know, never get into trial. You're trying to show somebody what you know or what you can do because they'll be disappointed. <laughs> it's true. I get my eyes on you, I'll be disappointed. You get your eyes on me, you'll be disappointed. Both of us get our eyes on him, on God. We'll be satisfied. And our expectations will be exceeded. He's able to do exceeding abundantly. Both what we've asked or thought. Have you found your scriptures? Psalm 110. I'm not ready to read it yet. Let me encourage you. To set aside times for these services, I would encourage you to come, not just because I'm here, but because uh, this is not just my meeting, it's not just your pastor's meeting, it's yours. Amen. Amen. I mean, if we just want to do this for ourselves, we could have just met in Hawaii or something and just <laughs> talk to each other on the beach, you know. 
<laughs> but now this is for you. Uh, let me encourage you. The enemy is a master of distraction. Don't let him distract you. Uh, see that your priorities are right. If the Lord is speaking and moving and doing things in, the, in your church in these meetings, then nothing else is more important in these days. And I've found that so many things, the Lord does it purposely this way. He gives his precious things to people who want them, to people who are hungry for them. And the casual passerby, the uncommitted person will see but not see. Be there for for part of it, but miss the important part. I know uh, some years ago, I was uh, in in a meeting, and we'd had a young man that was staying with us for a few days that was really going through a lot of things in his life and had messed up a lot and really needed to get to God and get straightened up. And he was staying with us for a few days, and we took him to church. And we were there in uh, the meeting, and this particular church, and the pastor was speaking, and he was speaking on a good subject, and, uh, but he walked over to the platform where we were sitting. I mean, just like over on this side, this close. And he began to talk about something that was exactly where this young man was at. I mean, it was God. Uh, this pastor didn't know him at all. But God was leading him. And so many times, you know, people don't realize that because he didn't stop and go, Ho, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. I think this is a word of knowledge. Word of announcement, word of knowledge happening now. Unless something like like that is said, a lot of people don't think God is moving. They don't realize that gifts of the Spirit. Why don't we have any gifts? And they're going on all the time. And folk don't realize. He began to, as folks say, read this man's mail. I mean, he, not, not in a condemning way, but in something that was to the point where he was at and what to do and what he needed. It was God. I was excited about it. I thought, man, this is what he needs. At the same time, there was some kind of a commotion in the back. Not a big thing, but something went going on, somebody talking or doing something. And this young man, easily distracted, turned around and was looking back there. I started to reach over and grab him and shake him. And the Lord said, no, leave him alone. Just watch this. So I watched, and I'm seeing, he, he doesn't hear a word the pastor's saying. He's focused in the back somewhere with what some silly's nothing that's going on back there. And just about time the pastor got through and turned around and walked back to his podium, this young man turned back around and looked at the, at the platform. Missed the whole thing. And the Lord said, this happens all the time. The enemy is a master of distraction. What am I saying to you? In these sessions, in the teachings, in the ministry, you may not just, uh, you know, want to jump up off your seat and do backflips the first two scriptures we read. (laughs) You may think, you know, even after the first service or whatever, you, you may think, I've heard that. But if you don't stay plugged for the whole thing, it could be something that just happened for three or four minutes. Did you hear me? That was a key to something in your life. Have you, have you seen that? In a seminar or listening to a tape series, you might have started in the first four tapes. You were thinking, yeah, glory to God, this is good. But thank God you just kept going. Amen. And kept staying hooked up and paying attention. And you got a hold of something on the next three minutes that changed your life. 
Yeah, but see, if you don't stay hooked for the whole thing, then you miss everything that's in the middle. What am I saying to you? Uh, follow the leading of the Lord. Uh, make a commitment. Be serious and come and support. And don't just come to see what, what you can hear. But come and bring some faith. And say, Lord, we want your plan for this church. We want your plan for this area. We want your will. Yeah. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now let's read the scripture. Psalm 110. The 110th. Psalm. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. Now this is, how, this is things that happen in the earth because when we get to heaven, there won't be enemies there. How many believe, according to Romans, that we can rule and reign in this life, in life, by Christ Jesus? Now look at this, though. In connection with ruling and reigning in the midst of our enemies. Verse 3, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Now this is blessing. This is the power of God manifested, the beauties of holiness manifested, the dew of youth or a renewed strength, the, the ruling and reigning in the midst of your enemies by the authority of God. And notice what it all surrounds, what the, the core of it is, verse 3, the first phrase, what? Your people shall be willing in the day of your power. Or we could say, say it the other way. In the day of your power, your people shall be willing. Other translations bring this out. One says, your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power. Another says, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. Every one of those says the same thing. Willingness. Willingly. Turn to Isaiah before I make any further comment. Read that, please. Isaiah, the first chapter. Anybody know where we're going? Isaiah 1. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah one nineteen. If you be willing, everybody say willing. willing. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Glory. Do you like that? How many believe this is true? Is it true that if you were really willing and obedient, God would cause you to enjoy the best? If you look up this phrase, good of the land, and look at it in different places, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the top stuff, the best stuff. Is it the will of God? A lot of Christians don't think so. 
I heard a fellow on TV. Like Brother Hagin says, you know, bless his darling heart and stupid head. <laughs> he was saying so some minister had something he didn't approve of. And he said, well, you know, it's like the Bible says, these ministers are supposed to lay down with the lepers. That's what he said. He's talking about, now, now where did he get that? I have no idea. Not out of the Bible anywhere. Lay down with the lepers. That's what he said. National TV. And the guys around him didn't say anything about it. They just nodded. Well, not just ministers, but, but Christians, the laity. A lot of people still believe that if you're a real committed Christian, then you're not going to have a lot of stuff. And you, 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 know, you should be willing to get by on the very least. Now, I'm, I'm not going to, unless the Lord leads me, I'm not planning on emphasizing prosperity in this particular message, but it certainly applies. To prosperity. But, but listen to what a contradiction it is. That some people think that the more sold out to God you are, then the, less, the, the, the lower category stuff you would experience. The opposite is true. That was mighty weak, guys. That's right. I said the opposite according to this. Right? If you are willing... And obedient, you will what? The leftovers. Huh? The lower grade stuff. The average stuff. Huh? So we we got to make up our minds which one we believe. I'm telling you, you know, uh, people think they're so advanced and their minds are so renewed. But the truth is there's so much of that old religious junk that lingers on in people's minds and thinking. It, it holds you back if you let it. The people that are really sold out to God, the people that are completely willing, and the people that are completely obedient will barely get by. On the least and the bad and the used and the wore out. Huh? But people believe that, don't they? Where did they get that? Did they get that from the Bible? Is it in here? Do you know? Scripture has to agree with the other scripture. Right? How many believe this verse, Isaiah? One nineteen. That's not a third of the crowd. Let me ask you again. <laughs> Ooh, we're on the right thing now, brother. How many believe with the Lord said, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You believe that? What if you're not eating the good of the land? <laughs> then probably for some mysterious reason, it's just not God's will. He's teaching you something. 
through you only having one can of beans a week. He's developing you through you having to live in a bad place. Huh? He's developing your patience through you driving a wore out car that you have to fix every week. Hmm? You got, we got to make up our minds what we believe. If you are what? Willing? 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 And obedient. Tell me what will happen. What God said would happen. If we just camped on that the rest of the message this morning, it would do us a lot of good. If you are willing, say it with me out loud. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The good of the land. The good of the land. Who's the good stuff for? Huh? The good stuff is for all Christians, right? <laughs> Just the willing and obedient Christians. You begin to get revelation right away, don't you? <laughs> And don't presume, don't assume that you got all this covered. Staying fully willing and staying fully obedient will keep you busy every day, won't it? And I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've walked with God. You let some things slip and don't, don't stay on some things. So a little bit of unwillingness can start developing in you in an area. Something else can come up, and you just don't want to do that. Come on. Hmm? Come on. But will that cost you? Yes, it will. That can cost you. Your people, Psalm 110 said, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. I mean, there's a lot of things there, but here's one, one aspect of it. A direct connection between the manifest power of God is... The willingness of his people. Oh, did you hear that? I've seen it. I've seen it in our, our small experience, in our, in our few travels. The, the places and the situations and the services and the meetings where you see the, the greatest move of the Spirit and the greatest uh, manifestations of the Holy Ghost is where people want it and where people are willing to hear it and willing to see it. And willing to yield to it. A willingness. An obstinacy. An indecisiveness. An non-committal attitude. Will just cause things to be limited. And capped. I've seen it again and again. I've been to places before. Where I was there for days. And never could get out. What the Lord put in my heart. You might say, what do you mean you couldn't get out? Why didn't you just tell them? Because you're not supposed to. The Bible says not to cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Now, you're not just calling people pigs and dogs. What's he saying? What's he saying? A pig... 
does not have the capacity to appreciate a pearl. Right? You see one of your friends come back crying and say, what's wrong? You say, well, I gave a $10,000 spring of pearls to Arnold and he just stomped them in the mud. (laughs) That means you're dumb. Right? Nothing wrong with Arnold, a pig. He just being a pig. Right? He don't know the difference between a pearl and a rock. He could write, he don't know the difference. So if he doesn't know the difference, you shouldn't give him the precious stuff. That's what the Lord is saying about people. If they don't know the difference, don't give them the good stuff. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. Right? If they don't have the capacity to appreciate it. And one aspect of appreciating it is the willingness to receive it and the willingness to do it. Say it out loud. Willing and obedient. Willing and obedient. Willing and obedient and eat the good of the land. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I remember if you've heard uh, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin in his teachings and ministry, you may have heard him share this, that uh, when he was uh, pastoring one of the last, the last church that he pastored, he began to spend extra time in the fall and winter of that year seeking God because he just wasn't satisfied with how things were going. So he began to seek God and the Lord told him, you know, I never... I never told you to pastor, and that wasn't the ultimate call, never called you to pastor. He did direct him to pastor those particular churches in his training. But he found out he's supposed to go out on the road. So he left his church, and he went out on the road. And after several months, he's not doing so hot financially. He's behind. I mean, uh, he's in in the floor praying and talking to the Lord, saying, Lord, you know, I I left my church like you told me to. I'm out here on the road, but I got less money, and my kids don't have decent clothes and and I don't have a decent car and 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 he's telling the Lord telling the Lord and he was quoting some of these verses to him among others this one right here if you be willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land and he's telling the Lord Lord I I obeyed you I did what you you told me to do I'm out here I left the comfort of my church I left the stability and security of that regular income and and I'm out here in these meetings and and, and, and Lord, I did, I obeyed. And, and I'm certainly not eating the good of the land. Well, it went on and it went on. And he began to fast even and spend more time because things were just going from bad to worse. And he said, the Lord spoke to him after some days of this and said, well, the problem is you don't qualify. <laughs> he said, Lord, don't qualify. What do you mean? I left the church. I did what you told me to do. He said, yes, but you're not willing. You did it. But you, you, you weren't willing and still not willing. Now that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Here's a minister who obeyed God. It took faith to turn loose of what's comfortable and familiar and to step out into what you don't know and nobody knew him. In those areas as a traveling minister and it takes time to people to know that you're out there and want you to come and this and that. And, and it was a, he had bills and debts 
from the previous thing that he had to maintain. And he obeyed, and yet not willing. How can you tell if somebody's willing or not? If you're griping about doing it, would you be willing? Huh? I did it. I obeyed you. But it's not working good. And I need this. And I didn't want to. But I did it. <laughs> Is that okay? Hmm? Well, Lord, I don't want to go to church, but if you want me to, I will. I'm here. I got up. I got dressed. I came over. Here I am. Does that mean you eat the good of the land? No, it doesn't. And I, I think that in a lot of our circles, people have put more emphasis on doing it than being willing to do it. Did you hear me? And friend, I want you, we're going to get into this as the Lord leads us and helps us. We're going to delve into it into some detail. But you're going to see that God doesn't just look at what you do. He looks at your heart. Isn't that right? Was it 1 Samuel 16 or so? Was that where he was talking to Samuel about anointing one of Jesse's sons? And he said, don't look on the outward appearance. He said, you know, God doesn't see like man sees. Man sees the outward appearance, but God sees the heart, doesn't he? And you might come in and be all smiles, and you might put money in the offering plate, and you might lift your hand, but God's not looking at the check. He's not looking at your hand. He's not looking at your smile. What's he looking at? He's looking at your heart. And listen to me, friend. The willing heart makes the gift or the work acceptable. If the willingness is not there, then the gift is not acceptable. That's not just my thinking. I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going to show this to you from the Word. Willingness. If you want to see the power of God, if you want to enjoy the blessing of God, if you want the revelation of God, this is where it starts. I said, this is where it starts. And this is what opens you up for it. And this is what opens the legalities for God to do it for you. Willingness. I said willingness. Everybody say willingness. Willingness. Glory to God. Willingness. Say it one more time. If you be willing. And obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. Say it again. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Go to Second Chronicles, please. 16. Can you be back here this evening? I hope you can. We'll just get to introduce this real good this morning. Are you willing to come back? <laughs> Second Chronicles. <laughs> Second Chronicles 16. 
I believe we'll get to some good places in this. Second Chronicles 16. Verse 9. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. We might say today he's scanning. How many believe God has a scanner? <laughs> How many believe God has computers? Nah, he wouldn't use a computer. Computer would be like an ox cart to him. <laughs> we think we're so advanced. <laughs> Thank God for him, but he's way out beyond that. But he's scanning the whole earth. What's he looking for? Hmm? What's going to what's going to set off his his scanner? What's going to give him a return on his radar screen? He's scanning across Northern California. He's scanning across the whole Pacific Basin. He's scanning across North America, South America, Russia, China, Australia. He's scanning right now, isn't he? What's going what's to set off? Bing, bing, bing. <coughs> the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. To show himself strong on behalf of them. Now that's why he's scanning. It's because he wants to show off. (laughs) Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. (laughs) God wants to manifest his power. People say, well, it's just, a, it's just according to God's will. Well, the working of things is according to his will, but he wills to. Yes. He wants to. Yes. Amen. Amen. A lot of times people dismiss things and say, well, it's just, you know, the gifts of the Spirit are as he wills. Well, that's true, but sometimes people leave the implication, we're just waiting on him to get willing. Uh-oh. Not true. I said not true. He's waiting on people to get willing. Amen. Amen. Oh, my, my, my. I said, my, my, my. Can you see what a lie the devil has sold the church for centuries? The church has been saying, well, it's whenever God gets willing. Hmm? It's whenever God gets willing. When God gets willing, we'll have miracles. When God gets willing, we'll have healing. When God gets willing, we'll have prosperity. When God gets willing, when God gets willing. When what's the truth? When we get willing. Oh my. Oh my. When we get willing, he's already scanning. He's been scanning. This was written a long time ago. I'm glad his scanner can't wear out because <laughs> centuries of scanning. And there have been some pretty dark times on the planet when he scanned the whole planet and there wasn't much return. Oh, but he's looking to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. 
in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now let's just stop right there. Now a lot of times people read that and they, they get on the wrong line of thinking. They think, well, perfect. Nobody's perfect. And usually brother folk will chime in and go, yeah, amen, sad but true. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. When yet the New Testament, Jesus said, be ye perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, so maybe perfect means something different than what you may have thought. If you read other translations, some of you may have one right now. Some translations say wholehearted. Anybody got that? Lift up your hand. Is that your yeah, translations? Wholehearted. Which is the definition of perfect heart. What's a perfect heart? A heart that knows everything? No. no. What's a perfect heart? A heart that's done everything perfect and right? No. A perfect heart toward God is a wholehearted individual. Amen. Somebody who's completely willing. Did you hear me? Completely willing. That will give God a return on his scanner, his power scanner. He wants to manifest power in the earth, but he can't do it just indiscriminately and illegally. He set rules up by which he operates himself and he requires us to operate. But what will give him a return so that he knows there's somebody that he can show himself strong on their behalf? It's when he's scanning and the scan goes across the Bay Area and he sees all these blips. Can he pick up some blips from the Bay Area? What's all those blips? People whose heart is fully towards him. People who have a a heart after God. Amen. Amen. Who fully want to obey him. Fully want to please him. Are willing to do whatever he wants done. These are the people that are willing in the day of his power. These are the people that he can do things for. Look at, look at two openings here real quickly. And I'll, I'll try not to keep you too long this morning. Turn back just a page or so to the 15th chapter. Same book, Second Chronicles 15. This tells the story about King Asa. And the Bible tells us in chapter 15, Second Chronicles 15 and 15... That all Judah rejoiced, and they they had sworn with what? All their heart, and they sought God with what? Their whole desire, and He was found of them. That's when you find God. When you when you want Him, but not as much as that promotion. When you want Him, but not as much as that new house. Huh? No, you don't find him. But with your whole desire, then you find him. And God gave him what? Rest. That's what satisfies. And goes on to tell about how Asa was so sold out to God that he even removed his mother from being queen because she built her an idol in a grove. 
And they used to cut down mama's idol. <laughs> he didn't care. He sold out. How many of you got to be sold out, no matter if it's mama or brother, who it is? Huh? No. Verse 17, but, everybody say but. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Now see, that was something that he also should have done. He should have cleaned that up as well. Notice the rest of the phrase, though. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. Interesting phrase, because you read the rest of this chapter, you read the, the one or two before it and after it, you'll see he sure made some mistakes. We just got through seeing one thing he failed to do was remove these high places where people worshiping contrary to the law. And yet the Bible says, what about his heart? The word perfect literally means complete. Which is why the, the definition, they are the, the translation they render from 16.9, wholehearted or complete hearted. His heart was complete towards God or holy towards God. This is an interesting thing. Is it possible that you could make mistakes out of your ignorance or some other thing and yet your heart's right, actually perfect? Before God? This is good news. I said, this is good news. <laughs> that you could make dumb mistakes? You, you messed up, but that wasn't what was in your heart. In your heart, you wanted to please God. You wanted to serve Him. But because of lack of knowledge or misunderstanding or whatever, you, you made some mistakes. But what's God looking at in that case? Is he looking at your mistakes? No. Or is he actually looking at your heart? Yeah. Looking at your heart. My, 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 my. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. My, my. <laughs> Flip on over just to, what is this, a chapter or so? To the, no, a couple of chapters. 25th chapter. 25th chapter. Of Second Chronicles. Here's another king. Second Chronicles 25. His name was Amaziah. The other guy was King Asa. This is King Amaziah. Amaziah was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. This is Second Chronicles 25.1. He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoaddan of Jerusalem. And he did... That which was right in the sight of the Lord, but what? But not with a perfect heart. Now this is really enlightening, isn't it? That you could do something that wasn't exactly right, and yet your heart was right. Or you could do something that was right, but your heart was not right. You could do the right thing, but your heart's not right. And what does God, what's God looking at? He doesn't see as man sees. Man sees and judges after the external, the outward appearance. To see if you look like you're doing good. 
And that's why we are commanded. Did you hear that word now? We are commanded not to judge. Because we are not qualified. We can only see the outside. And we only know what God would reveal to us, which is only part. And that's why you may see somebody do a thing, and it may be obviously wrong. But you don't know their heart. Do you? So how could you judge them fairly and judiciously? You may see somebody that's doing, looks like, looks like they got their ducks in a row. Looks like they're doing everything just right. You're not qualified to judge and say, yeah, they're pleasing God. They're in the perfect will of God. Because you don't know their heart. You can't see their motives. I mean, half of what they're doing, they may be unwilling to do it. Just doing it out of a sense of fear or condemnation or just dead religious duty. God's the only one who's really qualified to judge because he knows the heart. He is the heart knower, Acts says. Amen? So all of us need to quit judging. Hmm? You think somebody's doing real good, but you don't know. Huh? You think somebody's a total mess, but you don't really know. Huh? It may, it may, some things may be obvious. What they did was wrong. Okay, maybe that's pretty obvious, but you don't know their heart. And until you've been in their shoes and been through what they've been through, we don't know what you would do. We know what you say. But it's easy to talk a good game on the sofa. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, man. You can tell them just how. They should have caught the ball. Right? Laying there on that sofa, sitting there in that, in that lazy boy, that Barker lounger, with a big glass of iced tea or soda pop or whatever. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Are you blind? He was right there. He was open, open. How much of an open do you need? <laughs> Are you deaf, man? He put the ball in your hands. It was in your hands. All you had to do was just go, I got it. But what you don't know is that when he jumped up to catch the ball, uh, those two ribs that he cracked last Sunday... We're calling his name. <laughs> and it delayed his response. And then when he went to see the ball, all he could see was sweat. Sweat and grease and everything else in his eyes and, and glare. And, hmm? It's easy to play the game in the chair. Tell them what they should have done. What any fool could have done. But you ain't doing it. You're just talking. And the Bible says in the book of James. That if you are a judge. You are not a doer. You find people that do it. People that have been through it. And have accomplished it and done. They are not hard and down and judgmental on people. 
Because they know how many times they almost quit. They know how rough it was and they know how close they came to not making it through. And if it hadn't been by the grace and the mercy of God, they wouldn't have made, they wouldn't have accomplished it. They know. The big talkers are the ones that hadn't done it. Hadn't made it through. <laughs> and they're also the biggest babies when it comes home to them. <laughs> I've seen people just get on other folks' case and go, why do you put up with that? Just believe God. Just kick the devil out and just, just receive your blessing and believe God. And, and what are you waiting on? Young whippersnapper. Never believed for anything. Never built anything. Just high and lofty ideas. And then something come to their door that they have to believe through. And they're going, I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? I'm a faith person. This is not supposed to be happening to me. <laughs> yeah, you're showing right now just how much faith you have. Zippo. I'm just elaborating on the fact that you and I are commanded not to judge. Why? We are not and cannot be in this life qualified. For we do not know the hearts of men and women. We don't know their motives. We don't know everything that got them to that place where they made that decision right or wrong. We don't know. But even though, thank God... Even though you might sin, even though you might mess up, God's not just looking at the acts. What's he looking at? He's looking at your heart. There's been times in my life the Holy Ghost comforted me so wonderfully. Because you know you grow a little bit and you look back and you see how much you messed up. That you didn't even know you were messing up at the time. Does that happen to anybody besides me? Man, you thought you were just glory to God. God's man of faith and power, man. You just, whoo, going and flowing. <laughs> Knowing and growing. You, you're moving. But you grow a little bit and you look back and you go, oh, my Lord. I said that. I did that. What was I thinking? Anybody besides me? I mean, you all looking at me so innocently like. There's been times like that that I was in the floor kind of kicking myself a little bit going, oh, man, that was dumb. Oh, man, that was dumb. And the Lord began to minister to me. He said, son, I was looking at your heart. And all through that thing, your heart was right. You didn't know any better. But you, you were trying to please me. You were trying to do the right thing. And he said, that's what I was looking at. My, my, my. That's how Asa could even make mistakes. And yet the Bible boldly say his heart was perfect all his days. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't he merciful? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he so kind and good? Oh, hallelujah. That's the way we want other people to be. It's not just... Look at every T that we crossed and every I that we dotted and examine and nitpick everything. But try to know my heart. Try to know where I'm coming from. Well, a lot of folk don't. But God does. I said God does. And the more like Him you are, the more you'll be like that. 
You may see people say and do some of the dumbest stuff, but you won't just judge them and brand them uh, instantly because of that. You'll want to try to get to know, well, what was behind that? Where were they coming from? What was their heart? Hmm? Find out their heart because that's what matters. It's not the stray word or goofy deed. It's the heart. It's the heart. Amen. We're not supposed to be bickering and fussing over little doctrinal technicalities and, and denominational differences and all this. I don't care what you claim to be. What's your heart like? Right? I don't care what group you're from. What's your heart like? Do you love God? You want to please Him? Well, you're my buddy then. Amen. I don't care what you call yourself. Right? Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? If your heart's right, you love God, you want to please Him, we're on the same team. Amen. What if the whole body, the whole church in the earth felt like that? Operated like that? We'd take this thing. I said, we'd take this thing. Glory to God. In closing, go back to that passage. Second Chronicles 16. I want to remind you, have this fresh in your mind. Before we go, Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. Read it out loud with me. Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect Toward it are wholehearted, whole or completely willing, completely desiring, and wanting and willing to do His will. Can you say Amen? Stand up on your feet, why don't you? Y'all been good listeners this morning. Stand up on your feet. Let me pray a prayer over you. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the path that you're leading us. I know there are good things. You, you're going to help us to remove every hindrance so that full blessing can be bestowed and manifested in our life and full direction, and full power and revelation. We, we believe it. We want it. We, we look for it. We pursue it in Jesus' name. Said out loud, Lord, Lord here, I am. here I am. Use me. Use me. Send me. Send me. Help me. That my heart be fully willing, wholehearted, completely toward you, for you, after you, in these coming sessions, in any area that I need to make adjustments. Show me and help me in areas that I am willing. To become even more willing. willing. Greater. Greater. Determination. Determination. Dedication. Dedication. Wholeheartedness. That pleases you well. well. Hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.